and welcome to Health Chat, a new podcast about your health and for your health. I'm one of your hosts, Andy Friedman. I'm an independent clinical social worker and a certified cognitive behavioral therapist. And with me is... I'm Dr. Alyssa Handler. I am a board-certified internist, and that's somebody trained in internal medicine. So with each podcast, we're going to come to you with another health topic. And today's topic is the flu and the flu vaccine. What is the flu? What's the flu, Dr. Handler? Okay. So I think um, there are a lot of misconceptions about what the flu actually is. I think a lot of people have this idea that the flu is any viral illness. And really what we're actually talking about is specific to an illness from being exposed to the influenza virus, which causes an upper respiratory reaction, and it can lead to pneumonia, and can be really life-threatening for some people. Um, and the reason why we, we immunize is because uh, the viruses actually mutate and they change surface proteins frequently, which is why we need to revaccinate on a yearly basis. So some people say, well, I had a vaccine last year or prior years, aren't I protected? And the answer is actually no, that having a vaccine from a prior year will not protect you in a future year. Um, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think a lot of people, first of all, think the flu is kind of benign. It's like something you get every year, like a common cold. And also people don't understand the nature of the virus and how it changes every year. Mm -hmm. um, how, how many cases are there of the flu um, okay. each year? I'm glad you asked that question because it's actually an astounding number. In the United States alone, there's 9.3 to 49 million cases per year. And of those cases, 140,000 up to 960,000 will actually end up in the hospital. Really? Almost a million people will end up in yes. the hospital. Yes. I did not know that. That's incredible. And the scary thing is that 12,000 up to 79,000 people will actually die of this. And that's been the, uh, those numbers will fluctuate depending on how uh, bad the illness is every year. And those are documented since 2010. So you know, there are years that it's epidemic and more people actually suffer from this illness. And what we're actually immunizing against is um, three or four types of influenza viruses, which are um, predicted from the strains that come over from Europe every year. And so these are predicted by scientists every year to kind of get back to a question that people might ask, like, what are we actually immunizing for? Um, depending on the type of, of flu vaccine you're getting, um, it's either three or four types of the influenza virus that are predicted every year. So there, there can be more than those three or four types. Correct. And what... Um, researchers are trying to do is trying to figure out what's going to be the most prevalent ones and how to protect the most number of people. So really, you can, you could get the flu even if you're immunized because you may have a different strain. Um, I, do we know if this year's, I know a couple of years ago there was a 
strain that was kind of going around that wasn't the one that people were immunized for? Correct. And actually, there was actually a new version called the H1N1 virus. Oh, yes. And I believe that was about four years ago or longer. And and so, therefore, the new versions all contain um, a vaccine for the H1N1 virus. And again, that will continue to mutate every year. Yeah. So are people kind of surprised when you give them these numbers that it's not, you know, just, oh, oops, I have a common cold. Yes. And it's certainly not the common cold. Common cold is a rhinovirus. Right. And those are usually cleared seven to 10 days, you know, just a runny nose, cough, cold symptoms. Uh, This can actually be much more severe and cause pneumonia and also death in people who are more sick than usual, and I was going to go through those uh, higher risk individuals. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that yes, because absolutely be immunized. Just well, first of all, I, I do want to know who those who those folks are, but also just because you're not in that category doesn't mean that you right. don't need the vaccine. Right, and I'll actually go through. Um, we're going to have a discussion about why it's so important that even if you are healthy, in quotes that it's really important that you still get a flu shot for a number of reasons. And I'll go through why that is actually important. It's okay. relevant to the other answers. That's great. Questions. No, no, yeah. that's great. So so who so who should really is really at risk of having and it really is the danger is not only the flu virus, but sort of secondary infections. Exactly. Can, yeah. Yeah. Go, so we're yeah. talking about pneumonia. Yeah. Um, but before we go into that, Andy, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I actually had a few other statistics that I think are really important Oh, please, to please share them. Okay. Yes. So a lot of people want to know how effective is the flu vaccine. And, and that can be tricky to measure because it depends on which group of people you're looking at, meaning what kind of health you're in, and also what time of year are you measuring. And the simplest answer hmm. that I can give from the research I did, um, which comes from the CDC website, by the way, which is the Center for Disease Control and Prevention website, um, they're giving a statistic that it's between 40 to 60% risk reduction. So you're 40 to 60% less likely to get sick from uh, if you get a flu vaccine. Um, now that means also there's a 40% reduction of being admitted to the hospital, uh, which is a large Good. number. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Also, you're 82% less likely to be admitted to the ICU, meaning obviously you're right. very, very sick. And in pregnant ladies, up to 50% risk reduction of flu-related respiratory illness. So that's super important when you're pregnant. Yes. Uh, also, in 2017, it was the first time it was proven that children who were vaccinated were less likely to die of the flu. And so that's pretty scary to so, think about. Yeah, I mean, in that in that case, and in other cases, it's not just, we were talking before about, about whether or not you get the right um, vaccine, but the vaccine also could make it even you get a milder case Correct. of the flu. Correct. And that's very, very true. So uh, most of the time with any vaccine you get, it doesn't mean you're never going to get that illness. It means that you're less likely to get severely ill when you and if you get exposed to that illness. So it even has this added protection that even if 
if you don't, it doesn't completely stop you from getting the flu, you're going to just likely have a less severe yes. illness. And, in the, and what I tell my patients is that it doesn't mean you're not, never going to get the flu. It means you're less likely to end up in the hospital and you're less likely to miss that at least one week of work, which is what I tell people to convince them for if they're healthy. That goes along with uh, something later I'll talk about is why it's really important to get a flu shot even if you're healthy. Because you, if you do get the flu, you will miss a whole week of work. And that's at because least, yeah. and that's at least a week and yeah. if you're totally uh, lucky and have no complications. And that's because you are infectious or contagious yes. to others around you. And so it's really important to limit the epidemic. And you don't want to spread it to other people who might actually end up in the hospital or actually die of the flu. And so I and, go over and, that yeah, in my and points later. And the vulnerable population that you're, you're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. Now, so... We're not doing very well in convincing people to get the vaccination because of probably a lot of misinformation out there, which is one of the reasons why we're having this topic today, to dispel some of those myths. Um, but um, what are some of the reasons that your patients give you for not getting the flu? I hear it all the, the flu shot, excuse me, the flu vaccine. I hear it all the time, like, oh, I never get the flu vaccine. I'm like, why not? Okay, I'm so glad you asked that question. Um, one. One thing uh, misconception people have is that it contains mercury. Um, so where that comes from is that so, uh, some of the vaccines are made with a preservative called thimerosal, and that does contain some amounts of mercury. However, it's only in the multi-dose vials, which most of the vaccines supplied in the doctor's office are actually preservative-free. And the one oh. we give in our office is preservative-free. It does oh. not contain mercury. And you can ask your own doctor's office which one they're using. So, so they're usually using one that's a single dose, a, single it's a little dose vial. vial. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah, and it's only in one that's particular multi-dose vial, which is where I think they're doing when they're doing mass uh, flu clinics, and it's cheaper to buy a big vial that they're multi-dosing. They're drawing but, up from that one vial. But yet it's still not mercury. It's not mercury. It's it's a preservative called thimerosal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's one misconception. I try to um, work around that with most of my patients. The second thing uh, that there are people that have egg allergies, like me. Okay. So this is this is fascinating to me. Go ahead. Yeah. Tell so me about this. So it used to be up until maybe 2013 that yeah. most all of the vaccines were made on egg proteins. They would actually be egg-based, made from fertilized chicken eggs. The, the, vi the viral particle would multiply in a fertilized egg, that's how they would make it, and then they would distribute it from there. However, now they've come up with two other ways to make the flu vaccine. The second one is called a cell-based, which is made in mammalian cells. It has it still has a very small amount of egg protein when they initially put it into another cell to have it made. So, so it has a, a small amount of egg protein in it. There is a third one called recombinant uh, flu vaccine, and that's made without any egg proteins. And there's actually a whole guideline and protocol um, that we can refer to, and it's on the CDC website about- This is fantastic um, for me. Um, and it's very detailed, but in, in any case, most people, even if they have some egg allergy, they can still get the flu shot. In the worst case scenario, they can be monitored or observed in their doctor's office to make sure they're not having any life-threatening reaction. But to tell you the truth, the only reason why someone should not get a flu shot is if they've had a life-threatening reaction to any flu shot in the past. 
<laughs> so okay. I guess if you hadn't had a flu shot, we don't, we don't really know. So but that's true. But you could be observed. And, <clears throat> and, and, and there are people that have anaphylactic reactions to eggs. And, you know, we have to weigh the cost benefit of yeah. whether you want to take that chance. But most people are not having life-threatening anaphylactic or where they can't breathe after being exposed to eggs in any form. And so and, and there can be a workaround like you could investigate getting the recombinant form, which does not contain any egg any proteins. Any egg protein yeah. at all. Yeah, and yeah. it should be much, much safer for you to yeah. do that. Yeah, well, this is great because this is the reason personally that I have not gotten the flu shot in the past and I would like to get one. And so I am going to contact my allergist, I think, um, and maybe have it done in, in the office there. Yes, and I think that's a great idea because as we said, there are so many uh, people that should get the flu shot that are, are avoiding it for unnecessary reasons. Right, and um, you know this this is just um, great information, and um, I I don't know if this is a big problem for people who are allergic to eggs, but it's great to know that um, it's an option for me um, because I have had the flu in the past. I've never been hospitalized for it, but you know it's you feel really sick. Yeah, I mean that is not fun. It's not fun, and you're down for seven days. So absolutely, yeah. So a lot of people also ask, despite when we're talking about what could happen if I get a flu vaccine, really the most common side effects that people might want to be aware of is um, that maybe 30% of people will get pain at the site of the injection, sometimes a headache or fatigue or muscle pain. Certainly these are nowhere, nowhere near as severe as actually having the flu. Um, a lot of people ask me about the Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is a progressive paralysis of your body. And when I was looking up the actual statistics for that, it's really only one to two cases in a million injections, which is actually less than what can happen in the general population in people who don't get the flu shot. So really, it, it's really not a, not a problem. It really shouldn't prevent you from getting the flu shot. I mean, it's really about relative risk here because- exactly. If you have, you know, um, I, I don't know what the, the I mean, the percentage, um, we were talking about it earlier, like a million people get hospitalized Correct. for the flu and you have a, you know, one in a million chance of getting this Guillain-Barre syndrome. Any possible rare Any possible rare complication. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's... It's a no-brainer to me. Um, Another thing people are afraid of is they think they're actually getting the flu when they get the flu shot. I, I hear that one okay. all the time. So, so let's so to answer that, that question, I answer this all the time. Okay, um, it can't cause influenza, which is the flu, because the vaccine does not contain any active viral particles. Oh, so I think of it as a protein molecule, which tells your own body to make antibodies, which is what your own body fight is your immune system to fight the actual virus. And that's three or four different types, depending on which, which flu shot you receive. So it really gives you a head start against the disease, which doesn't mean you're never going to get sick. Right, we talked about that, you're right. But you're mostly likely, most likely to be less sick and not end up in the hospital or worse as what we're talking well, that about. Sounds, that sounds really good to me. I mean, I'd rather not get sick or just have a milder form if I'm going to be exposed. <laughs> Um, and we talked about, you know, what if I'm healthy and I get exposed to the flu? What's the worst that could happen? And isn't there a treatment? Like everyone feels they oh, can just right. get the Tamiflu, yeah. mm -hmm. which right. is the antiviral <laughs> pill. So right. most people who are otherwise healthy, well, they'll miss at least one week of work or school. 
And the Tamiflu antiviral pill, that's one type of treatment, okay. will reduce symptoms on average only by one or two days. And most healthy people actually don't need guidelines to take that because it can also have side effects like nausea and vomiting. Oh, I want to avoid that at all yeah. costs. So it really, um, you know, we really worry about what's going to happen if people don't get flu shots because what will happen is that if you're a healthy person you get exposed to the flu then you're going to expose everyone around you for at least a few days before you know you're even sick please stay home if you get a spike of fever or you have you know upper respiratory symptoms please stay home because we don't people who are not sick do not want to get catch anything from you at all um, right. And I always tell people it's it's much better. I'm sure that their employers or their schools will appreciate them not spreading it to everybody else cause, because we really need to control the epidemic because it is very contagious if you um, are exposed. And I myself wear a, a mask. I make my patients wear a mask when they have symptoms. So we're basically double masking. Double masking, Because yeah. I myself do not want to get exposed. No. Um, and even though I've also had my flu shot, but I don't want to get exposed because it doesn't right. mean I won't get sick. Right. And, and of course, you probably wash your hands a lot, too. Yes, good point. <laughs> so a lot of people can't get the flu shot for whatever reason. Either they're afraid or they had a reaction in the past or they really feel it, it doesn't – they don't feel well after getting it. So they ask me, you know, Dr. Handler, what can I do other than just getting a flu shot? Well, of course, I always say, well, and I go through my scenario about why it's important to get the flu shot, and we try to dispel any myths. And if it's still we can't agree that it's a good – that's something that right. – I'm not going to force on somebody, right. but they don't want to have it. I absolutely get enough rest – Wash your hands frequently, frequently <laughs> and avoid people who are sick and yeah. make people around you stay, you know, avoid others who are sick as well and make them stay home. Don't make them go out to dinner or go to school or work. It's really important to contain it. Well, you know, also, you don't know who's in one of these vulnerable populations or not. And, for example, my son has asthma, and yes. he gets the flu shot every year, of course, and the fa- whole family does. And now I can, too, which I'm so excited about. And if he, because he can't have that severe, he's at risk for being, going to the hospital for complications from it. Absolutely. And so that gets us into the question about who is really high risk from really getting sick if they get exposed to the, who is high risk of getting really sick if they get exposed to the flu. So here's the list. It includes anyone with asthma, diabetes, heart disease, blood disorders, COPD with chronic lung disease, oh, yeah. kidney or liver disease, immunocompromised people, which includes pregnant people, up, and women up to two weeks after the end of their pregnancy, anyone over 65 years old, anyone living in a nursing home or a long-term care facility, any child under two years old, people under 19 on daily aspirin medications, which I actually didn't know, and also an interesting Mm. thing I didn't know, severely obese people with their body mass index over 40. So that's a lot of people. I also counsel patients who are caretakers, teachers, visit or live with children or babies. They have high exposure rates, yeah. Um, So people who live with their children uh, or any babies or any grandparents visiting their grandkids or babies, they're more likely to spread disease to the others they encounter if they choose not to get the flu shot. The other thing I often will convince people about is because a lot of people like to go on vacation during the winter months. And anyone getting on a plane during the flu season, which is between December and April. Uh Oh, I'm going to get my flu shot. So between December and April, which is when a lot of people take their winter uh, vacation, 
vacations yeah. to Florida and yeah. all that, they're also more likely to get exposed to the viruses of the world, in quotes. And, <laughs> and I often use that term, these people, you know, that right. the air circulating in the plane, right. blowing in your face. Right. Those are all viruses blowing in your face. That will often convince Yikes. people to get immunized. So I have, oh my God. I so have, okay, yeah. I have to get on this right away because, you know, I thought that I couldn't get the flu shot until we started talking about the flu and the flu shot. And now I know that I can get the flu shot, at least try it in, in my um, right. the office of my allergist. Monitoring and, it as well and having yeah. being in a, in a controlled situation, right. not out at a flu clinic. or Right. Yeah. No, I wouldn't do clinic, that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So being in and a, not, at least not the first time. Yeah. Right. yeah so yeah, definitely yeah. want to give that a right. try or have a discussion with your allergist who might have some newer, different information and hopefully might have that yeah. recombinant flu shot, which doesn't contain the egg allergen. Right. So that this is, this is really good advice. And um, you know, I hope I hope people are, are feeling a little bit better about the flu shot. You know, I wanted to ask you, um, so one thing that I learned here today talking to you was that um, the flu is actually, the flu vaccine is actually not a virus. Correct. It's the protein. It's, so, it's oh, a protein. It's an antigen mm -hmm. or a protein molecule that is on the surface of the, of, of the, virus. Of the viral particles. Yeah. And so it's it's really not an active virus. It doesn't have any way to cause an actual disease. Right. So I don't think people realize that. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of people said, oh, I got the flu shot once and then I got the flu, right? Like I, f I felt sick um, after getting the flu shot. And I'm wondering if that's because when your body responds, the you know, the... Um, whatever our, our immune system responds, it makes you feel a little bit achy or whatever. Right. So um, sometimes it's kind of true, true, unrelated is what we talk right. about in medicine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Either, right. yeah. you know, they it's that time of year. It, everyone is sick and they like to blame something that happened any time in the past two weeks for why they actually got sick. And it's it's really, like I said, it, it's really can't cause an actual disease is there's no way it can do that. Right. It's not an actual disease that right. you're giving someone. Some people do have very um, abrupt reactions to getting any immunization that can include a low grade temperature or feeling achy. And I, um, I think I had reviewed some of the things like, you know, you might feel a little achy, a little headachy, a right. little... But that's really just your own immune system right. kind of revving up is what I right. tell you. That, that's not an actual illness. That's just your own immune system saying, aha, I'm supposed to do something now. Right. But you're not, an, but you're not actually sick. Because isn't your immune system responding to, an, to a microbe or an illness? Yeah. That, that is the reason you feel bad. <laughs> it's really your immune system trying to do stuff to kill that that virus so. yeah and so you might feel a little bit of that but that's different than an actual oh, yeah. viral illness Absolutely. which someone might actually have because right. they did get exposed to a virus not actually influenza so that brings me to my next question which is how long does it take for the vaccine to kick in is there a couple of days where you're not you're not actually immu you know immunized or protected? So that's true. So there's uh, a probably continuum of of 
how it works. So it takes, obviously, it's not going to work the next day. It does take up to six weeks for your own body to make immunoglobulins. So optimally okay. up to six weeks. Now, that doesn't mean that you should wait right. Um, right. You know, or get it really early. Um, we generally like to vaccinate in the fall because flu season sometime is what I tell people. Sometime at least six weeks for high-risk people, I tell my diabetics they should get their flu shots by November 1st because I want them protected by December. Right. So I want them to have the optimal protection by the time flu season hits, which in New England is in December. Um, but it will it will generate some protection anytime after you so get you it, just, but there will be a maximum start, right. about six It'll weeks just build later. and build and yes, build it builds, until it, it does, six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. The body takes time to make proteins yeah. or your immunoglobulins up to six weeks to, for maximal effect, but there's still some protection no matter when you, after you get it. Oh, well, that's great to know. So it, it's, you know, go out. So it, even though this is January, um, go we, out and get it because yes. there's still a lot of the flu season there's left and flu. you can start right away. And the guidelines are that we still immunize through the end of April because of our flu season. And we even saw some in May last year. So it really depends on how long our winter is here in New England. But And there's lots of people that travel and these you know, it can hang on for a while. So um, so we still immunize all the way through April, especially in the high-risk people, but it can, it can be helpful at any time. So don't wait. So you, you talked about the symptoms of the flu and what you can do to treat the flu. Um, but a lot of people do think other things are the flu and they're not the flu. Um, I know some people call when they have an intestinal issue they call it the throw-up flu right and it's not the flu (laughs) right so that's why I wanted to really define what we're talking about because we're not talking about any flu-like illness or uh, any viral illness which can be gastroenteritis or any of these all these viruses that float around there's a lot like there's there's hundreds of names for them right But what we're really talking about is the influenza virus, which comes in many types. We're mostly talking about there's influenza A, influenza B, H1N1, and there's a fourth one, which name escapes me. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, people can refer to the CDC or the Center for Disease Control website and see what it is that we're actually immunizing against. Um, Now, unfortunately, we don't have immunizations for every kind of virus. That's right. Um, But we are smart enough to know these four viruses that we can protect against. Thank so goodness. If, why? Yeah. Why leave yourself unprotected? Yeah. Uh, and the risk of getting the the vaccine is so incredibly low. Small. And the risk of not Im- yeah. not immunizing is so high. And I explained to people, why do they think that companies will give out their flu shot for free? And that's because the companies know that they're going to lose less money if they immunize their employees. So so obviously there's a cost benefit to everybody, but also in healthcare there's a cost to having somebody sick and even die of the flu. And it's and it's free or very, very low cost. And it should it should usually be covered by people's insurance and I believe it's probably twenty bucks or something like that. It's really not a high cost thing to do right so that that is no if you feel like you can't afford it there's many ways to get it where it will cost you nothing right oh and there was another statistic that was interesting that was quoted that that when you get the flu shot it's actually 40 percent less likely to even visit your doctor's office during the flu season which for a lot of people is a cost issue as well and they have to go see their doctor so of so that statistic I think would convince 
anyone, anyone. who's concerned about the cost of their health care <laughs> right. to want to get a flu shot, it does reduce the cost of your care overall. Well, that's really good. And, and uh, when should people, if they have the flu, it's kind of a weird segue here, but you mentioned going to the doctor. When should people go to the doctor and when should they, because I think really if you do have the flu, you should stay home and get rest and fluids and just like, you know, chicken soup, just like your booby taught you, you know, mm-hmm. and everything. But when should you seek medical attention? Okay, so that's a really good question. We actually have uh, set guidelines and protocols that all our nurses answering the phones will answer. I actually don't have that protocol in front of me, okay. but I know it does include asking several questions such as, what are your risks? Are you an asthmatic? Are you having trouble breathing? Are you, you know, how high is your fever? Basically, there's a series of questions that a nurse will ask you and then decide, do you need to seek medical care or do you need to stay home and rest in fluids and take Tylenol or ibuprofen or whatever Mm -hmm. it is to treat your symptoms and contain you know, the chance of exposing others, because that's also a risk we're taking when we bring you in the office that we could be exposing others So get that mask. If you think you have the flu, just wear the mask. Correct. So you definitely want to wear a mask when you come to the office if you have any cough or fever or aches and pains. Um, to avoid spreading it to the other people who might who be, may be more in that sick. Vu- in that vulnerable population too, right. and that's why they're at the doctor. And even your own doctor. And even um, your own doctor. Right. Right. Um, but there, I would encourage anyone who's not feeling well for any reason to always call their doctor's office, and the nurses are there to help triage every call that comes in. And we really do want to know what kind of symptoms you're having, and right. it's important to do that early on because if you're in a high risk group, then you actually need to get. Treat, started on treatment within 48 hours of the start of your symptoms. So that's also a guideline so the, criteria. So the, the antivirals need to be taken within 48 hours of the onset of your system. Correct. If you're in a high risk, so if you're not just a healthy person, if you're somebody with diabetes, asthma, lung disease, one of those categories we talked about where you're more likely to end up with pneumonia or in the hospital or even worse, then you would meet a guideline to start on an antiviral treatment. Um, yeah. And that would have to be within 48 hours. Although there is some benefit to get it later. Again, it will only shorten the symptoms by one or two days. But for some people, that can make a big difference. And we are trying to contain this disease. So just yes. call us if you're not feeling well. Okay, that's great advice. I, I ha- actually had one last question. And that is, um, when, how old does, does a baby need to be? before it can get vaccinated against the flu? Good question. Now, I'm not a pediatrician, but I, re- I believe it's six months. Okay. But I but don't quote me on that. Okay. I have to refer to my references, <laughs> okay. but I don't treat children. But so I ask, your pediatrician ask your pediatrician if you're wanting to know because... But I believe it's six months. Because babies are a vulnerable population. Correct. Yeah. Um, and the interesting thing is, so if you're a pregnant mom or you're a mother and you're nursing that, you're if you get your flu shot, you're going to deliver antibodies to your child. And so if the child is too young to get the flu shot, which is why when you're pregnant, oh. you want to get it. Um, that's good. That's then really because good. it will give your infant a head start and some protection. Another good reason to to nurse your babies, yes. feed your babies. Yes, all of that is true. Well, um, this has been really good. This is thank you so much, Dr. Handler. Thank for, you, Andy. Yeah, and and uh, this is first of many podcasts that we're going to do. Um, 
on uh, your health. So stay tuned for our next episode. It will be coming at you shortly. Thank you for listening. I'm Andy Friedman, and I'm here with... Alyssa Handler. And this is Health Chat. Health Chat, thank you.